You are listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. St. John, chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered a ship immediately. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. The former clause in verse 3. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a-fishing. Just a thought this morning, if you'll pray with us. You can't go back fishing You all know the situation here. How that God had called Peter from the seashore and the fish nets and the inspiration of that call had caused Peter to drop everything. Pray with me this morning. When God divinely impresses or calls an individual, we're not speaking precisely of the ministry of preaching or any particular gift, but there is a time that in the life of every saved individual where God is calling us to a complete consecration and there are a lot of things we drop. We must drop. You pray with me? (coughs) And because of the reality and the inspiration of that call, we gladly yield all. Give it up. Sometimes things that are seemingly necessary just to retain the joy of our salvation and of knowing that we are in the will of God, we give it up. Amen. 
Uh, let us read this, if you will, the account of Peter's call over in Mark chapter 1 verse 16. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. That was their livelihood. That's how they made their living. That was first and foremost in their lives. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Amen. Say so now, you were fishing for fish, but I'm going to give you a promotion. I'm going to put you in an elevated position. You, you follow me? The one, you know, that's how I can discern what's happening in the life of most of you. I know when you received your call. I know how you began to drop things and put them on the altar and you recognize that if I'm going to walk successfully with God, I've got to put this on the altar. And I've seen you do it. And I marvel. And I'm very impressed. You pray with me? You pray with me? But then what? You've got to come to realize that the blessing is not in that initial giving up, but the results of that giving up. You follow me? I know that these young men and many of you, when you got saved and when you began to consecrate your life to God, you begin to give up this and that and the other things that would affect your relationship with God or would affect your devotion. You begin to give it up and say, I'm through with it. The word would come hard and heavy. And you'd raise hands, I appreciate the word. I've got to cut off something else. But after a while, you begin to eat the book and it's sweet in your mouth, but by the time it get out in your bed, it get bitter. You begin to suffer the repercussions of giving up things of this life, things that made life comfortable. You begin to live a life of faith. And the demands of living a life of faith become too much for you. Will you pray with me? Will someone pray with me? Will someone please pray with me? I've told you times and times again, by the living grace of God, I'll not stand here and let you slip through my fingers back into apostasy. Brother, if you made dedication to God, if you consecrated the thing of God, if you laid, I'm not talking about physically, necessarily, if you laid your fishing pole down and your nets don't you know you can't go back and pick them up anymore? Oh, you, you won't put it in there. Pray with me this morning. Pray with me this morning. Now, I'm sure it's comfortable and relaxing to your mind and your body to know that at the end of the day I'm going to have a big pile of fish. Come on. But when from day to day you've got to pray it down. 
You've got to fight spirits instead of fish. That's your constant occupation. By and by, some discouraging situation might come your way. Things don't work out like you thought. Was someone afraid of me? You see, dear one, the thought of being, uh, having a relationship of being chosen to be with the great Messiah that had been prophesied was a grand thing. The idea of a kingdom being set up and they were to be subjects of it and one to say one on the right hand and one on the other. Come on. But after a while, they saw instead of that, they were going to be servants and suffering servants at that. Are you with me? And then the one that they had thought would be the king now been crucified and all of their prospects had gone down the drain. Someone pray with me, please. And do you know what? They became discouraged. We sing a song. When all around my soul gives way. Hallelujah, God. He then is all my hope and stay. Thank God you can, you can come to church every Sunday. Do you just sit up at you, please? But I'm, I'm trying to show you some essential things here. There are coming times in your experience where the blackness is going to seem like a thousand midnights. There are going to come times in your experience when it seems that all that you've depended on has been taken away from you. I've given my life for Christ. I've forsaken everything. I've put myself in a straight. And now, all of my prospects are gone. What have I suffered for? What did I sacrifice for? Come on. The reward that I thought I would receive as a result of the sacrifice has now gone into oblivion. Jesus crucified. We've given up. What is the result? What is my reward? I'm going back fishing. Dear one, let me tell you something. When God saves us and gives us that initial inspiration, if the lights have turned out forever, we should walk in the light we received at the outset. Oh, please pray for me this morning. There should no situation arise that would even cause us to look back to anything lesser than we've ever been. Brother, I'm so grieved that people who have claimed and testified and almost preached so much life and then even consider going back fishing for relief. See, doing you know fishing is relaxing. Just get out on your boat and drag your net, you know. And if you don't get a catch today, you'll get it tomorrow. When they walked with Jesus, it was spirits and threats of death. Praying your way through every day. But I tell you what, children. 
Once you drop your nets, if you ever pick them back up, you won't be the same anymore. You can pray with me. You don't have to. Once you ever take that big step for God, once you ever drop something for God, if you ever pick it back up, I heard a talking to a young man not long ago, another place he seemed to be pretty consecrated. I was telling him about the consecration of some of the young men. And uh, he said, oh, well, you know, you give it up now, but maybe after a while, you know, they get situated, settled, they can maybe go back to it because he was doing it. I said, oh, no. I said, oh, no. You can let the devil deceive you if you want to, thinking that now that you're selling got a foothold, you can go back to the thing that you had to give up to get where you are. You're deceived. I wish, I wish you understand me. If you had to give up something to get a certain relationship with God, now you think you can go back later on because you're spiritual and pick it back up. Don't you know that's ridiculous? Now we preach all this truth to you, and then you try to do it anyway, and that's why you end up as you are. When Peter dropped his net, brother, the Lord said, I'm giving you a promotion. And if you ever go back to anything else, it's a demotion. And according to Jesus, you cannot be demoted and make heaven. He preached that about the talents. Come on. He said, every step you make should be a promotion, a higher step. You're going to see the necessity of dropping all and giving all to Christ and dropping everything for Christ's sake. Let me tell you something this morning, children, if you'll pray with me. Don't, you know you don't play no game with no Holy Ghost. You're going to drop something to get a certain blessing and then pick it back up. You're going to make a, a, a play a game with the Holy Ghost. Well, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to put this on the altar if you're blessed in a certain way. And then after you're blessed, go back and get it again. Let me read. Let me read to you. Jesus said unto them, Come after me, and I will make you to become fishes of men. And straightway, you see, they want, let me show you something. Their eyes were opened when Jesus made this call. They sensed that it was something unusual about this call. See, if anybody just come by and say, Give up your livelihood, don't you know, don't you know they would not have just done that? But the force of what Christ said, the power, the enlightenment of what he said penetrated them. Don't you know when you make a consecration to God, when you say, I give it up? The pastor, you need to leave that alone. I give it up. Don't you know they want things that mean so much to you, you wouldn't just give it up with a snap of your finger if you didn't sense that there was a real reason for doing it? Don't you know that? Don't you know you've got to see a more beneficial reason for doing it than the benefit you're going to receive from it to do it at all? And when you do that, you're doing that to be promoted spiritually. You're doing that for a better relationship with God. That's why Peter dropped his net. The Lord said, I'm going to make you, you fishing for fish. Fish don't have no soul. When you catch them and eat them, that's all there is to it. But thank God, I'm going to make you fishes of men. Something that has an eternal weight or benefit to it. Amen. 
And as soon as things began to get sort of tossed turvy, he decided, I'm going back to fishing again. And it would, it, 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 there's something, there's so much in this passage. And how all of them, we're going with you. Brother, the, the ease with which people get under somebody's spirit is appalling. But it, 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 it seems that all of these men, these disciples, they heard Jesus preach. They knew about his death. He had told them about his resurrection. They should rebuke Peter. They should have stopped him. Say, man, what's wrong with you? God called you out of that. The Lord called you out of the fisherman. What's wrong with you? But they got under that old spirit right away. We're going with you. But it's, it, it, it's, so, it's so grievous. It is so grievous. Brother, let me show you something. That's why we need to keep our heads above the water. Amen. You can get a few old gloomy spirits around here. Well, oh, look like that's Mitchell testify. Look like to me, thing are going to hit the rock, huh? And every after a while, everybody will have to hear something. Won't nobody want to sing, no testimony, no reception of the gospel. What? Because two or three old disparaging, discouraging spirits got loose and affected the others. Like the sister said, praise our God. The time has come now where we are living in the, in the age of the virgins and you don't have enough oil. I'm going to tell you something, children. You know what? The Holy Ghost has done something for me. Brother, I said, Lord, I want to keep my burden. But brother, I think that's why I can drop things like that. Whoever's involved. Why? Because I'm sensing now, brother, we are in that age now where I don't have enough oil for everybody. You know what I'm saying now? I don't have enough oil for me and my family and nobody. All I got is enough oil for me right now, praise the Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thank God the oil shop is open. Go and buy it for yourself. You know what I'm saying now? Thank God the oil shop is open. Go and buy it for yourself. You better go to the store, praise the Lord God, because somebody got a little can over here and a little vessel beside. Give me some of yours. We don't have enough for both of us. Think of the way the devil is coming now, tempting trials, piling up at our doors, and devils on every hand. Thank God to take all all I got to keep my light burning. So now thank God if you want some, there's a little oil shop down there, so South Street, go down and get you some. Thank God it's still open, praise our God. Amen. I don't know when it's going to close, because the midnight cry going to be made pretty soon. Lord have mercy. I keep telling you that. Thank God the midnight cry going to be made pretty soon. I don't know when we're going to close. As I preached one time, one of these days, thank God you're going to come to the oil shop and you're going to find a great big sign, close eternity. You're going to realize, thank God, the cry is to be made shortly and your vessel, amen, is empty and you got just a little bit in your lamp and you don't have enough to take you through the darkness of this hour and you're going to run to the oil shop and you're going to find it closed for long eternity. And then those of you, thank God, who have heard the message and prayed and striven, thank God, you're going to appreciate the fact that you get on before God, amen, when others ripping and running and doing what they want to do and got them all in your vessel. You're going to appreciate it. Bless the living God. All right. Matthew chapter 19. Verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, Lord, we have forsaken all. You hear what he's saying now? You listen now. He has forsaken absolutely everything. We have forsaken all. And follow thee. What shall we have? 
Therefore, now you get this. Well, what was wrong about Peter going back fishing? This is what's wrong about it because he had consecrated beyond that. Oh, Lord. His faith, his love for God had caused him to consecrate beyond fishing. Beyond tampering with the temporal. At one time in his life, he had consecrated beyond that. He had forsaken all. He confessed, Lord, we have forsaken all. That's why he couldn't go back fishing anymore. That's why you're not going to be able to dibble and dabble with the thing that you've messed with once before when God takes you off of it. Why? Because one time you were beyond that. One time your consecration was beyond that. That's why you can't go back anymore. Okay, what kind of church work do you do? You can fish well, said, Lord, I'll fish half time, go to church half time. That won't work now, brother. No, sir, you can't do that now. Well, Lord, I just fish enough to keep living and go. I don't care what you do. Thank God you didn't drop you. Now you can't go back to fishing. None. Well, I wish you pray. Now, see, you can go after a while. Maybe your salvation seems to be getting monotonous to you. Amen. Getting a burden to you. The world get in your eyes. And you figure you're going to bribe God. And go back and live a little bit before you die. Come on, your vision get dim. Your values get mixed up. Amen. Start looking at other people and other circumstances and other situations. The devil say you're not doing anything spiritually anyway, so you may well get you some fish. Your concentration is not rewarding you anyway, so you may well get you some you can detail some, some catfish. And by and by, that works for most people, brother. That's why you don't see many people today, brother, who are at their peak consecration-wise. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, brother, if you look at that consecration sheet and see what some people have put on the altar in time past, I guarantee you don't see many people like that today. Come on. They might have stopped eating fish one time and resorted solely to herbs, but now, brother, they got a whole table full of fish again and some in the deep freeze and they're on the bank trying to get some more will you pray with me children let me tell you something children let me, can I tell you something look let me tell you something. do you know why they're in so much trouble with so many people many times in the ministry and many times even among you perhaps why because I'm, I'm not going to change. You can say what you want to say. You can say what you please. Now, now you get this. Now you get this. You say, well, the devil might say, okay, you let people just start, people not, don't want to live up to the standard, start backsliding, and then you come against start dwelling. Well, you, you watch and see. You watch and see. Now you think, if you think I'm going to be embarrassed because of a vacant bill, you watch and see if, if it comes to that. The minister, brother, see, every few years, every few years, you pray hard. Will you pray hard with me? Every few years, the minister began to change their minds about things. Come on and look at things differently and reevaluate and re-examine. And when you stand the same, they say you're changing.
You're the comfort. Amen. And when your consecration changes, you're going to try to change me. Will y'all pray with me? Will you pray hard with me? See, when you changes, you know there's going to be a class if you don't change me. So what you do, you start trying to change me. You might do it inadvertently, but you do it. You might not perpetratively do it, but you do it. You might not intend to do it, but you do it. You're trying to say me. I know because you tried. I know what many people try to do. When you say, so you know you're not going to be comfortable if I say like this. Are you with me? See, you want to go back fishing and you want to have me a pole. Well, then I know I have a nice bass. I called me a good mess the other day. Come on, 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 come on. Amen. But do what I know what God called me to. Amen. I know the standard He called me to. And brother, we can't relax it. That's why the devil so mad today. Why? Because he got a few people who gonna pro- gonna live this truth and gonna proclaim it until they die. And he knows that this truth is going to stir up somebody. See, there's some unsummoned people wherever you go. See, this truth is going to stir. It might not stir on a wholesale basis, but somebody's going to be stirred, brother. If you live it and preach it, somebody's going to be stirred. Somebody's going to grab hold to it. Some people you might least suspect going to grab hold to this truth wherever you go. And the devil knows that. So if he can find somebody who, have, who are, are permanently fixed on this truth, he knows that they're going to be effective and yea the more until Jesus comes. The devil knows that. So what does he do? He tries to apply pressure and use one tactic after another to discourage you and pull you down. Let me tell you children, let me tell you something. If you've stepped out and God bless it in the degree, if you've got a confirmation, don't you let the devil pull you back. Don't let us say you stepped out too fast and all that kind of Let me tell you something. If you've stepped out, praise our God, and God put any kind of glory in your soul, you better hold it. Are you with me? You better hold it. You better hold it. Praise our God. We're living in a time now, they want, where people are selling out for nothing. Selling out for nothing. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Now, many times, people make a lot of public proclamations. And they fail, and they come out, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to be careful before I open my mouth. You may well open your mouth. You've got to live it anyway. However, it's a little more serious when you say, I'll drop my nest, and hey, I'm going to trust God, and all that, and, and you, when you do all that publicly and then don't do it, of course, that makes it far more serious. But you've got to, you've got to do it anyway, so you may well declare it. Amen! May God have mercy upon us. Now, dear one, let me tell you something. Try your best to keep your vision clear. Because if you don't keep your vision clear, you're going to find yourself standing against truth. See, if you let the devil mess you up, you're going to, stand, you're going to start standing against truth on what you're doing. So if you, if you pray to God, you better pray and pray hard. Amen. Because it's going to be laid out crystal clear regardless. You understand? First, it's going to be lived and it's going to be laid out crystal clear among you. So you, you can see that. All right. Shall we go a little further? 
Oh, you can't go back fishing, praise the Lord God. You can say what you want. You can fix your mind and mess your mind up if you want to. Amen. Brother, all over the country preaching and got out of the ministry, got back selling cars and doing this, that, and the other, and everything else. Come on! Go back to teaching school and all this kind of stuff. God help mercy upon us. Oh, this is a tremendous thing, brother. This is, this is, this is a tremendous thing. God help us. God didn't call people to all kind of consecration. Come on. They didn't got their mind back on the flesh again. Come on. Just like Paul said, they didn't wax wanton now, want to marry and everything else. Oh, blessed God. Oh, Lord. Peter said, what did he say? We have forsaken all and followed thee. That's why it was so difficult. That's why Christ had to remind him so when he went back fishing. Why? He had lost that initial love. See, you can't make a sacrifice to God and decide later the sacrifice was too great. Will someone pray with me? See, you can't go start laying things on the altar. I mean, amen, God has blessed you and showed you I'm going to bless your soul like you've never been blessed before if you consecrate this thing. If you give it up and let me have it, I'm going to really bless your soul. Amen, this thing is a weight to you. And you're going to walk up and put it on the altar and after a while, the weight of it and the sense of the consecration comes home to you. You know, dear one, when you're about to make a big consecration, usually I give you some very timely and solid counsel. But then, oh, I feel to do this, I feel to do that. I said, well, you, it's not quite clear what you're doing, but you said the Lord is leading you, and uh, you said you got real genuine reasons for doing it, and you know and you figure that everything you got is hinging on it, and all this. I said, well, then, uh, you can do it, but I'm going to tell you something. Pray with my heart. See, I said, but if you're uncareful, in a, in a few months or maybe a year or two the weight of what you've done is going to come back to you the effect of your decision is going to shift on you come on come on and then will someone pray with me and then you're going to well, say maybe I didn't get the mind of the Lord See, that, that, let, me, let me show you something can I show you something today See, you don't make all kind of revolutionary decisions and decisions that are going to affect everybody. And decisions you declare of God and then when it gets difficult to hold that, you're going to mind made a mistake. It's not that easy. Will, will, you, will someone wake up and pray for me? Not let you sleep. Just listen. Let me show you something. Let me, let me show you something. Don't you know that when you can't make all kinds of consecrate, just, just lay out before God and God show you to do it, and then you're going to go back on it and just say, well, well maybe I made a mistake, or I just failed a little bit. Don't you know it's not that simple? Amen. If it was that simple, all oh, that's coming against me, well, let me get out of it and come back and say, well, I, you know, I just failed a bit. I just missed a bit, so yeah, you, let, me, let me keep on going. Oh, Don't you know I'd be just as relieved to get out of it? You would? Oh, Don't you know I would feel just as good to, amen, to get the devil off me and just go on and submit as you would? Don't you know it affects your experience as much as it would mine? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I mean, we're dealing with a tremendous thing. Thank God you better wake up, brother. We're, we're facing eternity now. We're facing eternity now, children. 
Amen. Galatians chapter 3. Third chapter Galatians. Verse 1. Read for me. O foolish Galatians. O foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you? Who tricked you? Who I preached to you? You, wait a minute, you saw it clear. You submitted to it. Come on. Now, who have you stood up and allowed to trick your mind? Who bewitched you? Come on. That you should not obey the truth. That you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth. Crucified among you. Crucified among you. Come on. This only would I learn of you. Uh-huh. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law. Come on. Or by the hearing of faith. Listen. Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit. You started off in the Spirit. Every decision you made was a spiritual decision. Your primary concern was pleasing the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So all you were concerned about being spiritual and what are the spiritual effects of my decision? Amen. How would it affect my spirituality? Being spiritual was your only concern. You started off in the Spirit. Come on. Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit. Having begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? And now do you feel that you can revert back to the flesh and be perfected? Because you found it so difficult to keep abreast with the Holy Ghost. Because you found it hard to walk in the spirit. Now you think you can back up now and still be perfected? So are you that really that foolish? Some of us, I know, start off in the spirit, testified and glorified God, but you start meeting all kind of devils and everything else, and now you think you can back up and get the pressure off of you, still be perfected, but you can't. Why? You started off in the spirit, and you encountered a spiritual warfare. See, when you're in the flesh, you don't have no real spiritual warfare because you're in the flesh anyway. What makes the war is the fact you're in the spirit. And you are fighting against the flesh. That's where the war. That's what makes it a war. Come on! But many times, for the alleviation or the relief of the flesh, you will begin to compromise and try to. Well, I, I can make it without all of this. You want to be perfected in the flesh. <laughs> you want to be perfected in the flesh. But Paul said, "Don't be that foolish." Paul, you can't start off in the spirit. You can't start off making spiritual decisions and think you can jump back in the flesh and be perfected. Brother, that's what took Israel into her first apostasy. What? They were in the spirit. They were following the spirit. God himself, the spiritual God, was their king. God was leading them in a spiritual way. But they just got tired of living by faith. Trusting God for their bread and trusting God for their leadership. Trust in God for everything. So, this look, give us some flesh. Give us a man. Give me, give me somebody we can see. Give us somebody like everybody. Give us a king like everybody else got. Amen. Give us somebody to make our decision. Go out to battle for. Give us somebody. We want to look. We want to see somebody we can see. 
We get tired of all this praying to the Lord to provide and the Lord to fight our battle. We get tired of that. We want to give, give us somebody we can give us somebody we can see fight. Give me somebody I can see wield the force, the sword. That just the way people are today, brother, they want something they can see. They get tired of being spiritual. They get tired of trusting God. Get tired of waiting on God. Give me somebody with a knife and a scaffolding and a needle and a mask and a white coat on and stethoscopes <laughs> and anything else. Come on! And a big paycheck every week and whatever. Will you pray with me? Come on! Brother, people want to revert back to what they can see and think they can be perfected in that. And if you don't mind, brother, that's why people go into everlasting deception. What? To get in the flesh and going to insist that they're spiritual. Will someone pray with me just for, a little, just for a few moments? When you mess around and revert back to the flesh and try to convince somebody that you're still spiritual, you are headed to an everlasting deception. Yes, you are too. Yes, you are too. Yes, you are too. If you had any spirituality at all, it was predicated upon the fact that you were trusting God and trusting the Spirit. Oh, blessed God. Let's go back to our original text briefly, if you will. In St. John chapter 21, <coughs> verse 17, please. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Loveth thou me? And he asked, he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, let me read verse 19. This spake he, signifying, what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, What? What? Well, he had started that along, he did that a long time ago. He told him that a few years before that, two or three years ago, didn't he? Follow me. And now Peter had gone back fishing and he got to give him the same command again. Follow me. What does that mean? That thing God when he went back to fishing, he stopped following Jesus. Not that there was anything sinful about that, but the fact that he had reverted back to something that he had victory over. Will someone, will, will someone pray hard for about, for about a couple of minutes? Don't you know, let me, can I show you something? Don't you know if you ever get victory over worrying, you can't worry no more? No more? No more? Can I get, can I get a, a few amens? Even if it condemning you. Say amen because it's truth. If you ever get victory over worrying, you can't worry anymore. If God ever give you victory over fussing, you can't fuss no more in this life. No more. No more. No more. No more. No more. No more. What? God had given Peter victory over fishing. That was the dearest thing in his life, brother. Mending those nets and seeing those big pile of fishes and taking them to the market and having his off days. 
Come on. Come on. Peter had broke that spirit, the love of that and the dependency of it. And he went back to it. And he, and he stopped following Jesus. Jesus, Peter, if you love me, they said, why don't you come on and follow me? Well, he was already following him a long time ago when he first called him. Brother, Jesus is calling a lot of people this morning. Come on and follow me. You know how you gave up that stuff. You was in the world one time and you gave up all that mess and you say, you thank God how you brought me out and, and all this kind of thing. And then God and called me up high and now saying, I'm putting this down. I'm living by faith and I'm doing this. And now you're going back to it? Oh, I wish I wanted to pray with you. Maybe the spirit of unbelief might not get you. The spirit of unbelief might have you, but God help us this morning. God help us out this morning. This is a tremendous thing we're dealing with. I declare it is. You deal with more than a thought this morning. You deal with more than a principle. You deal with some facts this morning. God has given me victory over this, saints. God has given me victory over this. Come on. Amen. I got a cancer in my ear, but God has given me victory, so I'm through with it. And come back, you got a happy. What happened here? Why the doctor cut it off? Jesus said, Follow me. They want Jesus saying to someone this morning, follow me. Oh, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm following you. No, he went back fishing. He went back fishing. I know you didn't do it intentionally. And maybe you did, maybe you reasoned it out. But I'm going to tell you what, you better pray it through again. To make some of the decisions, some of you ought to make you have some hard praying and long thinking before you could do it the first time. And if you had to do it again, you just got to do it again. Come on! Amen. This idea of following Jesus to a point and when things get difficult and, and get confusing and all this kind of thing, we're going to start off following the world and anything else? That, that, that's ridiculous. You're going to follow Jesus to a point and because things get a little complicated now, you don't know which way you want to go. That's ridiculous. God help us this morning. God help us this morning. God help us this morning. If you're following here in the regeneration, you can sit down with him on the throne of his glory. You're not following him when you're going back to what you put on the altar, children. You put your children and your land and your husband and your wives and all that on the altar. Now, praise our God, you're going to take them back off and, and all this concern, all this involvement and whatnot, you put it on the altar one time. Now, yet I say, maybe the inspiration might not be the same as it was when you did it, but I tell you what, you better try to get some inspiration somewhere. I want you to get this, children. When we have a good service of inspiration, you might make all kind of sacrifice and dedication. But the inspiration might not be the same all the time, but you still got to hold what you made. Oh, we have a service like we had this morning. People talk, I give up this, I give up that, I'm through with this, I'm through with that, brother. Well, it, it might not be that inspiring every time you come to service, but you got to hold that same, you got to hold the same thing. You can't get back off of it. When you say, I don't care about this, I don't care about nothing but Jesus, well, you got to hold that. You got to hold that. Come on. I give it up, Lord. I, I, I give it up. I give up. I give up my contact all together. Come on. I quit making the telephone calls and all this. And going to go back and do it again? You're not following Jesus. Shall we stand? May God help us this morning. We're in a tremendous time. May God help us. And you better, you better search hard this morning. You better search hard this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise God.
Hold on. Now you think you can work yourself out? You, amen. Then when you got a chance this morning, you got a chance to follow Jesus. You, you're going to follow some spirit. You're going to follow some spirit. I guarantee you that. You're going to follow some spirit, and, and you are. Following Jesus is more than coming to church on Sunday morning, children. It's far more than coming to church on Sunday morning, following Jesus. Peter didn't say he wasn't going to preach no more. He didn't want to go fishing. Amen. That, was, that wasn't the idea, brother. That wasn't the idea. God help us. People feel they can live on any plane they want to, irrespective, and that God should give them some credence. That they should be acceptable of God. Don't care what kind of relationship they once had with God. Don't care about the dedication they made one time. They can live on any plane and still be accepted of God. That's the kind of deceptive age in which we're living. When Jesus will come back, he'll come back to get you from the highest peak you've ever lived on. When he come back, he's coming back to get you from the highest peak that you've ever lived on. Do you hear me? He's not going to come and get you out of the valley if you once lived on the mountain, children. You can rest assured that. Amen. 